Well, good morning, church. I am so excited to be preaching to you today. I have a good word for you, a word that has been burning in my heart uh, for you guys this year, and I hope you are ready. I hope you're ready. Um, If you are ready, turn your Bibles to John 4. John chapter 4, verse 7. And I'm going to read this passage really quick. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10 says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Let's go before God in prayer. God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity to preach to your people, God, to tell the good news of Jesus. God, the ones that are watching right now, Lord, I pray that they will leave changed, oh God. They will leave knowing who you are more in their lives, God, that they will be expecting more from you. So God, right now, I speak a word of faith over your people right now, God. God, be my mouthpiece so people will be changed by you, God, not myself, oh God. So God, pour in me what you have for me to release to your people, God. And God, I speak now people will be changed, people will be set free, people will be healed, and people will know your heart for their lives. And God, I surrender myself to you, God. I surrender this sermon to you, oh Jesus. Use me as a willing vessel, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So we've reached the end of the year, a year that many of us didn't believe would be able to see the end of. 2020 was a year of great pain and anguish. Many of us were in grief and some are still grieving, lost, grieving what we could have achieved, grieving things that people can see and also things people can't see. Some of us are really hurting right now. And when I received the task to preach for the last Sunday of the year, I asked God, what should I speak about? And the only thing that kept ringing in my spirit was what I believe the word of the Lord is for this hour. God said, my people need to go back to the well. That sounds good. Type in the comments, well, to the well. We need to go back to what gave us life. We need to go back to what transformed us in the first place. We need to go back to our first love. We need to go back to the presence of God. We need to go back to worship. I can't speak for what will happen in the next year, but what I can say for sure is that we can't be on the surface of God's presence anymore. That's not good enough for where we're going. It won't work. With more challenges comes the, the, uh, the needs of more presence of God. Let me say that again. With more challenges 
comes, the need, the more of the presence of God. We need the presence of God the more challenges that we have. The greater our obstacles are, the greater our worship has to be. How many of you are determined to go deeper in God from this point on? If that's you, why don't you type in the comments, that's me, or you can put a wave hand emoji in the comments. God is calling us back to the well. In today's familiar passage of scripture, we see that Jesus meets a woman at the well and talks to her about worship. And if you know anything about me, you know my favorite subject is worship. But I always wasn't like that. Worship in a church is, is different from worshiping with your life. Worship in a building is different from worshiping with your whole being. So it doesn't matter how well you sing and dance in the sanctuary. You know what you worship by how you live. I got to say that again. That was good. You know what you worship by how you live. Now, I didn't know that when I was younger, but I thank God for some saved parents who loved me enough, who taught me enough why worship is important. At first, I was opposed to it. I fought it. I did. But little did I know that they were planting seeds of a worshiper in my heart, and I'm so thankful for that. And it wasn't surprising enough, when it clicked in my heart, God called me to lead other people to worship. I knew my call. I tried to run from it. I really did. I tried to fight it. I tried everything, all the coping mechanisms that, you know, young people go through these days. And none of it would satisfy what was in my heart. Little did I know I needed <laughs> the well. I needed to go back to the well. And a lot of people have their own definitions of worship. I'm going to say a few definitions of, of what worship means to me. See, worship to me is a living well. It's how I see worship over the years of being so passionate about my experiences in God's presence. So to me, worship is a living well. It is where we are filled and where God's goodness is proclaimed. Worship is the intimacy with the presence of God and whatever you need, Wherever you're empty at, God's presence gives you what you need. See, a, relationship, a worship is a relationship with Jesus, and that relationship requires us to be in God's presence with him. Worship is knowing how undeserving you are and still knowing that you are able to have access to Jesus. When he died on the cross, that gave you access to him directly. Don't you know that God knows all about our imperfections and still he supplies all of our needs? That's enough to type an amen in the comments, y'all. Type an amen in the comments. So no matter how far I ran, no matter how far you have ran, God was right there waiting for me to turn back to him. He was waiting for me to meet him at the well. Jesus, like, just like he asked me, I believe he's asking each of us today. He wants to know, can you come back to the well? The well of living water. So in John 4, 7, I'm going to read this passage again. I hope you're following me. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? 
His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And verse 10 says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and, we, and he would have given you living water. So in the scripture, we see that Jesus approaches the woman and he asks her for a drink. The amazing thing about this passage is that Jesus was talking to a woman, not just any woman. He was talking to a Samaritan woman. You may ask why. Well, Samaritans were considered to be undesirable because they were biracial people. They were looked at less than and inferior. Can anyone relate to feeling inferior? Can anyone relate to being unlikely, underrated, unworthy? I might not have this woman's situation, but I can relate being looked down on. And even with all that, he asked her to come to the well. Give me a natural drink so I can give you a spiritual drink. That's what God was asking her. There's power in how God reaches out to us. So she goes on to say, so Jesus was, well, as she, Jesus was revealing her, himself to her again. At first she was skeptical. Because in verse 11 she said, Sir, you have nothing to draw, no bucket, no rope. You have nothing to draw. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Verse 14 says, are you greater than Father Jacob? He gave us the well and drink from it himself and his sons and his livestock. 13 says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Verse 14, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus was revealing himself to her. She was skeptical at first. She was like, wait, where do you get that living water? And to me, I feel like it, it, it relates to some of us. Sounds like some of us when we're skeptical about a very good sale that's happening at one of the stores. And your friends tell you about it, be like, wait, no, I don't know. But where that sell at, though? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to get to that store and see if it's too good to be true. And so she was very skeptical about what Jesus was offering her. She was telling herself, but, but Father Jacob, he gave us all of this. And I feel like that's some of us today. The enemy sometimes taunts you with things that he thinks is better than Jesus. And sometimes we, gotta, we question ourselves sometimes. And I believe God will always reveal himself to us when we least expect it. And then sometimes while we are waiting for him, it's that he's waiting for us to see him, calling us to worship. Hallelujah. God puts himself on display for us. He does. He displays who he is, displays his strength, he displays his power, displays his love for us, that he has something better for us so that we won't be in the same place 
where we were. We won't be thirsty for love anymore, where we won't be thirsty for approval anymore, where we won't be thirsty for acceptance from people anymore. He has something better for you. Oh, taste and see that God is good. Someone type in the comments, amen to that. Oh, taste and see that God is good. So in verse, this, this is my favorite part. In verse 15, this is where he wins, his, wins her heart. She says in verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water no more. Man, win us, God. He won her heart. She knew who he was. She knew who, what he could do. She said, give me this water of living water so I don't have to come back to the well no more. See, she was tired of going through the same place, not being fulfilled, not being happy, not feeling worthy, not knowing how much her worth is, tired of the same old thing every day, tired of fighting demons, tired of fighting her flesh. This is talking to somebody today who is tired of being sick and tired of not being fulfilled, of not being happy with your life. This is for some body today. God says, I have a well for you that I need you to come back to so I can give you everything that you need to be good. Praise God. I think we need a, a praise moment right there. If wherever you are, just thank God wherever you are. Just lift up a shout of praise. God, I'm coming back to the well. I am coming back to worship and proclaim your goodness. So some of us are saying, I don't want to be in the same place I was earlier this year. I don't want to be in the same place I was few years ago. I need to be renewed. I need a reset. I don't want to be like I was last year. I, I need a well that never runs dry. I need a well. I can go to broken and come out brand new. I need the well of living water. Somebody type in the comments, I'm so thirsty, God. I'm thirsty, God. I'm thirsty for your love, God. I'm thirsty for your strength, oh God. I'm thirsty for your power, oh God. I'm thirsty for your glory, oh God. I need to come back to the well where my needs will be met. We need what you have, God. Some of you are crying out for God. I need what you have for me and all that you are, God. Whatever you have for me, God, is good. Some of you are, are saying that. Some of you are praying that. Some of you are feeling that well up in your spirit right now. So that is God calling you back. You better go. You better run back to the well and begin to worship God and begin to call out his name because he's there wherever you are. He's listening. His heart is reaching out for you. So grab a hold of it and go, daughter. Go, son. Go back to the well where your needs are being met. I thank God. And maybe that's for someone to hear, get back to the well, go, go. You'll find it full of peace, full of restoration, full of love, 
full of everything you need from God. No more distractions, no more setbacks, no more tears of sadness. You need the well of living water. No matter your situation, and I'm going to talk to somebody today. No matter the situation you are in, it's not about the setting. It's about the Savior. Let me say that again. It is not about the setting. It's about the Savior. Let me, let, me, let me make something clear. The Samaritan woman had five husbands and was committing adultery with another man the time that Jesus saw her. But he didn't care. He already knew about her situation. He came to her. He met her there. So it's not about what situation you're in. He's waiting for you to call on him. Call on his name. He is waiting for you to say, Abba, Father, I need you. He's waiting for you. Come back to the well. Come back to the well of living water, the well that never runs dry. But sometimes when we go to Jesus, I feel like our expectations are little, less, flat. It's not big enough. The Samaritan woman probably came to the well with a bowl probably as small as this because she wasn't expecting anything. Her expectations was low. She didn't have Jesus. She didn't have love. She didn't have understanding. Her expectations of Jesus was this small, probably smaller. But when she found out about Jesus, maybe her expectations got bigger. And I feel like some of us, our expectations of God is about as small as this bowl. We may know Jesus, but we don't expect much from him because maybe we feel that we're not worthy of his love. We're not worthy of his affections. We're not worthy of his attentions. Some of us, our faith and our expectations is this small. But when you get a hold of Jesus, your expectations of Jesus may grow a little bigger right? It may grow a little bigger. See, the Samaritan woman was skeptical, but she knew there was something about Jesus that she couldn't grasp yet. But as our faith grows, our expectation grows. As we get to more, to know God more, as we get to the point where we can keep going back to the well for fulfillment, our expectation grows. And so, in verse 15, when he won her heart, her expectation was big, probably bigger than this bowl. See, her faith grew the more he kept talking and loving on her. Her expectations grew the more he was winning her heart, the more he was revealing himself to her. And that's all he wants to do. He wants to reveal himself to you to know that it is good. It is good. My well is good. What I have for you is good. What I need to you to do in life is good. My love, my joy, my peace, my expectations. God is so much bigger now that I have you. 
all he's asking when you go back to the well and bring your biggest expectations for me. Bring your biggest expectations for me because I want you to know that I love you. I see you. I hear you. I want you. Worship me because I want to do something bigger in your life. And that is for someone today. You feel like every time you go to worship, you feel like sometimes you don't get anything out of it. But that's not true because God hears you. The first step is going to him. That's the first step. Go back. That is the first step. Go back to the well and let God take care of everything else. He's waiting. So right now, I want to pray for you, whoever is feeling lost or burdened. I don't know about you, but God is speaking to someone right now. Someone is burdened heavenly. And he needs you to go back to the well. So God, right now, I pray for your people. I pray for the ones that are watching. I pray, God, that you will hearken their hearts back to you, God, that you will speak to them, oh God, that you will lit a fire in their hearts and they will begin to call upon your name and demons will flee. That they will begin to call on your name and their heart is healed. That they will begin to call on your name and their mind is set free. That they will begin to call upon your name and their bodies will be healed. That they will call upon your name and their families will be saved. God, that they will call upon your name and they will be set free, God. I speak freedom. I speak set free right now in the name of Jesus. No matter where you are, God will meet you right there. You can be at your job. You can be in your car. You can be in the kitchen cooking. You can be in the living room, and he will meet you where you are. If you feel it, stop what you're doing and get down on your knees, sit on the couch, whatever it is. If you know he is calling, call upon him. Say, yes, God. I hear you. I'm coming back to the well of living water where your water will never run dry. I will never be thirsty again. I will never desire worldly pleasures again. I will not go a day without speaking to you, God. So God, I pray that you Build us. Build our faith, oh God, in you. Because you can do so much more than what we ever can imagine. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. That is, that means that God knows more than we know. He knows things we, we don't even know he knows. You know the plan for us, oh God. 
So I thank you, Jesus, for your people. I pray that your heart will be their hearts. We thank you, God, for this time, God. I love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Uh. Well, hey, church, I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that that word really blessed you. It blessed me, and it's been doing some things in me throughout the entire week as I've meditated on it. And I pray that you are clinging to that promise, clinging to the covenant. I really hope that you would go and write down the promises that God has given to you, place it in a place where you can see it, and that you will every single day look at it and believe it. I want to encourage you, if you have not made the decision to believe in the ultimate promise, which is the promise of eternal life, that those who believe in Jesus... Those who trust in the example of Christ, the greatest promise that has been given to us, that those who turn from their sins choose the free gift of salvation, that they will be saved, that there will be a promise of eternal life. I encourage you to make that decision today. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the acceptable day. And so I encourage you to lift up your hands wherever you are, if that's you, and just say, God, I believe. <laughs> I believe in your son, Jesus. I want to turn from the way of living that I previously had and I want to follow after Jesus. No turning back. If you made that decision, I want you to type home in the comments because God has invited you into his family. We welcome you into the family of God. Also, if this is your first time, I want you to put first time in the comments. We're so excited. Wherever you tuned in, we have people who tune in across the country and even a couple that tune in across the world, wherever you are. I just want to encourage you. Thank you so much for being a virtual guest and inviting us into your home as we have invited you into this virtual worship experience. Let me say something else here. I know because of the hurricanes and all the things that have happened, people have been asking the question, are we still having groups? Yes, we are still having groups. Let me encourage you to fill Fill out the group's form. Groups will start next week. Not this upcoming week, but next week. And, and here's the thing. If you don't fill it out here, you don't fill it out right now, you can still join a group later. But I want to encourage you to go ahead and put in groups. There's about four to five groups that we're going to have that people can split up and be a part of. Virtual groups, social distancing, all those things. So we're not going to be reckless. We're not going to put you in danger. But this is a great place for you to connect. Down in the pinned comment, there is a place that says to join a group. Click that link and fill out that three to four question survey. That's all you have to do. And to those who have already filled it out, we see you. You're already placed. You're good. Don't worry about it, okay? I encourage you to join a group. I'm joining a group. I hope you will join a group because we believe that God wants to develop something in the fellowship with other believers. And once again, before we close out, if you haven't given today, you have the opportunity to do so in three very simple and easy ways. You can go to Tively, the Tively app and type in New Dimensions Christian Center, or you can go to our website, ndccpensacola.org, and click offerings, or you can mail it in the old-fashioned way, P.O. Box 6400, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. Well, until then, I encourage you to continue to remain clinging, remain committed to the covenant covenant of God, to the promise of God, even when the plans of God don't make sense. I love you so much, and we'll see you next week right here at NDCC Pensacola, where our destiny is helping you to unlock your destiny. Have a great week.
Gotta believe it's still an open door if you don't see it Just as long as I know my purpose, I won't lose it I can't leave it, I get knocked down all the time It doesn't mean that I'm defeated I'm going through changes, through changes Where's grace on my place? Yeah, I made mistakes, but I didn't stay Kept the faith, not the same after everything I've